0: The Mac Observer's Mac Geekab episode 686. Wait, sorry. No, that's episode 686. Got it backwards. For Monday, December 4th, 2017. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Cab, the show where you send in your questions, tips and cool stuff found. The goal being that we share all that in order to learn at least four new things each. It can be the same thing like I could learn something and you could learn the same thing and and that is okay. We each can count that as one. It can be shared, but we have to learn four distinctly new things at least each and every time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include smile where uh, at Textexpander.com slash podcast. Yes, that's not me screwing up and reading some boilerplate. That's actually the URL. You can get 20% off of your text expander subscription for the first year. Casper, we're at casper.com slash MGG coupon code MGG gets you 50 bucks towards any mattress purchase. Plex, we're at Plex.tv slash MacGeek. You can get your first month of Plex Pass for free, but you can also just use Plex in most of its features entirely for free forever so you got to check that out plex.tv slash mac geek and harry's at harrys.com slash mgg where coupon code mgg saves you five bucks off of your purchase including some of their really great limited edition holiday shave kits so we'll talk more about the details of all of that in a few minutes here in durham new hampshire i'm dave hamilton here in fairfield connecticut
2: john f braun and here in durham new hampshire Pilot Pete, thanks again for having
1: me back, guy. Hey, it's, it's to good to have you back, yeah, man. Yeah. It's nice to yeah. be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How Very about good. that Patriots game yesterday? Pete, <laughs> we are recording this early. We don't oh, know what happened to the Patriots game. Oh. This whole time shifting how, thing. Darn, is, I was hoping oh, to how, get it so I
0: could make my bets this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, how about those OS updates, huh? Yeah. huh? yeah, that was awesome. It was it was so awesome. They received they released not one but two patches.
1: Yeah, so that thing two. that so here here's uh, there's probably several things to talk about with this. But if it, it is now December fourth, uh, at least that you're hearing this, unless you're in the chat room, macgeekgab.com slash stream in which case you get the sneak peek. But uh, as of December second ios versions uh ios 11 versions prior to 11.2 have a bug that when local notifications try to happen on or after december 2nd your phone will reset springboard is the app that's resetting springboard is essentially your home screen on your iphone uh if you get into that loop you more than likely are going to have to go in and turn off notifications for each app individually before you can successfully update your phone to iOS 11.2. If you aren't having that problem yet, you don't have to stop listening unless you're listening on your iPhone, in which case you, you will stop listening. But really, right now, do this update. I, I am not always a proponent of update your phone on the day a, a, an iOS update comes out because, you know, sometimes there's problems with them. Well, in this case, you're going to save yourself potentially a world of hurt um, of just a rebooting phone. And of course, then that'll kill your battery, but it also makes your phone a whole lot less functional. Just to make it clear, I glossed over this describing it, but this only affects apps that are going to deliver deliver what we call local notifications now as a user of the phone you don't necessarily know whether you're getting a local notification or a push notification a push notification comes from some cloud server like our mac app app that's a push notification because we are going via the cloud sending a note to your app that then displays the, the notification so that's push it's from outside of the phone no bugs with that local notifications are when an app on your phone sets a notification to happen in the future or immediately it can do both. And it is entirely the notification is being generated locally. That's where the bug is. And local notifications can come from things that are doing work for you and then displaying a notification. Like let's say downcast, right? Downcast will send you notifications when a new podcast episode is downloaded. But that's not happening from a push server in the cloud. That's happening locally from your phone where it says, hey, I did something in the background, assuming you've given it background um, permission, which it would get uh, by default anyway. And once it downloads it, it's saying, hey, I'm going to push up a notification to your lock screen uh, or, or your home screen, wherever you happen to be saying I've downloaded a new episode of you know whatever podcast like Mac-E-Cab. Uh That's a local notification. The deliveries app. On its own, it goes in the background. It's a great app, by the way. Goes out, checks your, uh, you know, your UPS and FedEx and USPS deliveries, whatever you want to put in there. And then when there's an update, it sends a push notify or it sends a local notification. That's an example of those. Those are the ones that are having problems. Apps that do a, like alarm clock type apps that aren't Apple's alarm clock app, but a third party alarm clock app. The way those function is by setting a future local notification that, hey, guess what? Sounds an alarm. That's how they do it. So you want to update your phone to iOS eleven point two. That's my uh, that's my feeling on and, it, John. And what's the date on it, Dave? Is after December fourth? After or December second. It's oh, already okay. happening. So it's already
2: happening. Yeah. So when did they? Uh, or I'm just kind of curious how they found out about it. I mean, obviously, you know, people are testing these sorts of yeah. things all the time. But yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of an unusual, you know, that it triggers on a date.
1: After, I know. You know that's yeah i would not, love not to being see a hardcore the hardcore programmer myself but yeah yeah <laughs> what do you think about this john
0: um i think i'm going to look forward to apple pay cash which is the well, that's a feature of this update
1: yeah right yeah anything to add to the the bug thing before we... No, I... I, I right. So send money to John. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I avoided it. I, I installed the update as soon as... You did, okay. It ...was out, so I, I didn't experience any crashiness.
1: Right. And that's not so much what I was asking. Really asking, you know, any thoughts on what others should do in in this scenario. Do, do, I mean, do you agree with the advice? Update right away, no matter what? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, Apple Pay Cash is, is a feature of this update, but it is not active at least as of the time we're recording the show it may be active they say it's going to be active on monday december 4th at some point so you may uh you may already have it on your phone if you've got
0: 11.2 yeah yeah the nice thing is they already have an article telling me how to use it oh i'm going to have to do something different what do you have to do different if you're setting up apple pay cash for the first time you'll need to set it up using any supported device um where did it say now there was something here saying you have to enable uh, two-factor authentication.
1: Hmm. I would imagine you would need two-factor authentication. Yeah, if, yeah. Have you not enabled uh, two-factor authentication for yours, John? Uh, not really. So I have a piece yeah, I of. I guess device. I'll have
0: to if I want to throw money around.
1: Yeah, I, I. You know, in terms of of two-factor authentication on your phone or on your Apple ID, which is everywhere, I I really feel like there's. You're going to have to do that eventually. Apple's really pushing it.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, it pesters me. Any device that I set up now, whether it be a Mac or an iOS device, it's like, yeah, you want to do this, right? And I'm like, well, maybe later. Maybe maybe later. <laughs> yeah. um, they're going to force, they're forcing my hand, I guess, if I want to play with this new toy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is... One piece of advice I'll give that the where it gets difficult is if you're running something like BusyCal that needs an app specific password. Uh, it can be sort of a pain because it shows you the password. You're supposed to copy that, paste it into whatever app needs the app specific password. This is this is um, these app specific passwords are for non Apple apps that need to access your Apple ID. Apple has not created like an OAuth type um authentication where they can authorize third-party apps. So the workaround is them providing you with the ability to create what they call an app specific password. It's just a different password that authenticates to your your same Apple ID. It's actually a major security hole uh, because it effectively takes your two-factor authentication and, and makes it go away. Their user experience with it is that you're supposed to copy it, paste it into the app and then never see it or save it anywhere. I find that to be a remarkable pain in the neck because if I have three computers running BusyCal, I have to on each of them go to my Apple ID page on the in Safari, generate a thing, paste it in. So what I do, uh, and again this defeats the purpose of two factor authentication, is when I create my BusyCal password, I put that into uh, a field for my Apple ID in one password, and then when I go to the next computer, I just copy it out of there and paste it in. I self police in terms that i i do it on a per app basis so i will use the same password for busycal on all my devices but only busycal and then if i need another app with an app specific password i will plug that in so i can easily go and expire if i have an app that's misbehaving on and let's say i've got it on three computers I can go and expire that password for that app, and boom, it cuts that app off without screwing me up with BusyCal. So you could create one app app specific password and use it for everything. There's nothing stopping you from doing that, but uh, you know, being a little more cautious about it, just in case you have an app that runs rogue. There you go. So that's my thoughts on it. And, and, and speaking and of maybe that'll make life easier for you, John. Yeah.
0: Speaking of passwords, I noticed the new feature of iOS 11. So I was at the uh, the families recently. We're doing family family stuff. Yeah, and I brought a. So I got my iPad repaired. Sure, and um, that's good. Restored from iCloud, and everything is great. Yeah. So then I was I was there, and normally I put my uh, uh, their access point is you know in my uh, iCloud keychain. It was funny because my iPhone was logged in. My uh, well, I didn't. I wasn't using my Mac, but. My iPad wasn't. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And all of a sudden, and th- this is the coolest thing. So I brought my iPhone near my iPad. And as if it knew my intent, the iPhone said, hey, you want me to uh, share the password for the, uh, the network that I'm on with, with this iPad that I see next to me? I'm like, "Yeah, that is so cool. The thing is, I had not activated iCloud Keychain on the iPad. It
1: was, it was off. So yeah, I think that's why this came up. Oh, otherwise, because otherwise it would have had it synced already. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I'm like, why are you asking me this? Shouldn't you just do this automatically? And then yeah, it the will, fact that it does this was just, I mean, it, it was almost like magic.
1: Seriously. It's like, well, I was going to do this anyways, but if you're offering to share it. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it will do that. It's not just your own devices. It will do that with anyone uh, that's within range. I think it's using Bluetooth uh, to do that. So, it, cool. yeah. Yeah. I noticed it with my dad's iPhone. We uh, he he was in a he, was, he he built a house and they were in temporary housing for a little while between when they sold their first one and or their old one and moved into the new one. And so, you know, they had to set up a Wi-Fi network there and all that stuff. And then we went through the same thing. And once I had it on mine, he went to connect on his and I got a little notification on mine saying, hey, you know, do you want to authenticate this? But it was only because my phone was awake. I think that's. Well, I think that's how that works. That that's how I've experienced it, that, you know, whatever device is awake, it'll say, Hey, do you want to share this password with, you know, that person that's in the room with you say, yeah, I can see chaos at the airports. Just saying. Yeah. I wonder, <laughs> well, that's what I wonder about this, right? Yeah. Is this, is this only for people that are in your family group? Cause my dad is in my sure. family, okay. you know, right. Yeah. It could be that. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. it
0: I want to see what, ha- what it does when you get near Logan. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: 317 people are nearby. Would you like to share the password?
1: You know, I, um, I, we used to be on a, a 15 gig a month shared family plan with, with AT&T and we would dance like up near it. We'd always go past 75%, but you know, never did we hit the 15. It was the perfect number for us. And for whatever reason, in the last two months, We've had events on, on individual people's phones. There's six of us on the plan. There's the four of us here and then my dad and his wife. And, you know, one month it was um, my stepmom's phone. that was, I, you know, I think it was when they were transitioning to this, this temporary house where maybe she wasn't on Wi-Fi for a couple of days at home. And all of a sudden she had used three gigs when in a month she generally only uses one. And then when we went to Texas, Lisa, and so we made it to the end of the month, but we all had to like, really like, you know, scrimp and save on the, uh, on the, on the data usage. And then we're like, okay, great. We made it great. And we left, went to Texas and Lisa and I had told our phones to download a bunch of songs, but we did it when we were on Wi-Fi. No, the next morning, like we'd each use four gigs and I'm like, okay, I can't live like this anymore I'm saving 30 bucks a month, not being on an AT&T unlimited plan, this kind of stress I can't have in my life. So at breakfast the next morning in Texas, I flipped us up to an unlimited plan. Yeah.
2: yeah. They've, thinking of those plans, they've actually got another one that's pretty cool for international, international travel. It's uh, it, essentially for 10 bucks a day. It's as if you're yeah. in the States. That's right. Yep. The same amount of data,
1: text and, and voice. Ten bucks so. per device
2: per day. Per, yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. So but, it, but. it works out great if you're there for a couple of days or traveling solo. Right. Traveling with a family you're still better off buying oh, cards. Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I was just thinking as far as you know, it used to be for me, you know, I'd have to drop fifty bucks to get fifteen megabytes or yeah. some, you know, really low.
1: Number. Right. Right. And, no, uh, the convenience yeah. of not having to change your phone number when you're traveling for ten bucks a day. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty good. And um, we're hearing from people around the country, around the world, rather uh, Graham in in uh, Australia says that Vitaphone does it for five bucks a day, which price. is even better. Yeah. Right. The price on that T- stuff
2: is all coming down.
1: T-Mobile so. does it for free in most countries, I think. Really? Yeah. Nice. I, oh, okay. I, I really considered moving to T-Mobile, but um, they just have horrible coverage in this area. Here, That's the problem. That it's, it's just here. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. exactly. But if I was anywhere else, I think I'd I'd very quickly move to T Mobile. So yes. All right. Hey, uh y- you know, while we're here, we do have uh some sponsors to talk about. So before we get into cool stuff found, I would love to take a minute and talk about our uh our first two sponsors. If if that's okay with everybody. I guess. Everybody. All right, in this sponsor block, we've got two sponsors that you can order things from and actually get in touch. The first is Casper. Casper.com slash MGG is where you're going to go to get a mattress that is perfectly designed for humans, engineered to soothe and cradle your natural geometry. I mean, it's Mac Geek Gab. Geometry, you, your bed... You know, you spend one third of your life sleeping. You should be comfortable. And Casper mattresses provide all the support the human body needs in all the right places. Combining multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. These things are designed, developed and assembled right here in the US and with over 20,000 reviews And an average of 4.8 stars across Casper, Amazon, and Google, Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. It's certainly become my favorite mattress and it can become yours. They've got three mattress models, the original, the wave, and the essential, but they're not just a mattress company. They offer a wide array of different products to make your sleep better. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's hundred night risk-free sleep on it trial, right? You get to try it. Where better to try out a mattress than literally in your home while you're sleeping, go to a big box store. You try out a mattress in your clothes while you're not sleeping at a time of day that you probably don't usually sleep. These things are so comfortable. It's amazing. I've slept on them in some Airbnbs too. And I noticed like after a few days, like, what's going on? Why am I sleeping so well? I'm in an Airbnb. I look at the mattress. Oh, it's Casper, just like I have at home. You got to try one of these out. So what you do is to start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper and get 50 bucks towards any mattress purchase. Visit casper.com MGG. Use Our code, which is also MGG, it'll say it right at the top of the screen, though. You don't have to remember, although you're going to remember because it's MGG. Do that at checkout. You get 50 bucks towards any mattress purchase there. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's Casper.com slash MGG using MGG as your coupon code. You get 50 bucks towards your mattress. You get free shipping and returns in the U S and Canada. You get their hundred night risk-free sleep on it. Trial. Our thanks to Casper for sponsoring this episode. Our second sponsor of things that you can order and actually get and hold in your hands is Harry's where at Harry's.com slash MGG. They'll tell you to use coupon code MGG to give you five bucks off your order. And this offer is only available for the holidays. What better gift to give than a nice shave set to your favorite guy, right? I mean, this is, and you can give it to you. Your favorite guy can be yourself. I've put gifts under the tree for me every year. Harry's was one of them one year because it, it, like, it's delicious to shave with this, but it doesn't have to just be for you. You can get it for anybody you like. You're going to get, a gift set from Harry's. You get to pick a color that's right. uh, And they've got limited edition holiday colors. You've got a personal engraving option. If you want, there's that person on your list. That's impossible to shop for. Well, Harry's is probably right for him, right? I've been converted back to using blades because of Harry's. I had gotten away from him. It was a mess. It was a waste of money. It was, Never enjoyable. I went to electrics for years and then Harry's came into my life and I have sworn off the electric. I don't even bring it with me when I travel anymore because Harry's is just so convenient. It's easy to use. It's inexpensive. They know what they are doing. And these gift sets that you can get come with their German engineered five blade cartridges that provide a super close, really comfortable, really easy shave. Their foaming shave gel smells amazing, feels amazing. It's so thick and luscious. And like I said, there's those winter edition colors, the special holiday edition colors, winter chrome and emerald green handles. Like I said, you can personalize it with engraving. Gift sets start at just 10 bucks. And remember, this holiday, give Harry's and give Handsome. Get your holiday shopping done early and take advantage of free shipping. To get a limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last, go to harrys.com slash MGG right now. That's harrys.com slash MGG. Our thanks to Harry's for sponsoring this episode. All right. I think it's time for some cool stuff, Found. What do you think, John?
0: Yeah, I did want to do a roundup of uh, macOS woes, but uh, well, we'll save
1: that for okay. later. <laughs> <laughs> I got some fish shakes for them, too. Uh, well, so here's here's one that maybe will will turn you around, although I don't think you have a phone that can do this yet, but uh, maybe you do. Bruce writes in and points us to something that he says is seriously geeky, but still pretty cool. iFixit it has wallpaper for both the iPhone eight and the iPhone 10 that are x-rays of the phone that you put it on. So, you can put wallpaper on your iPhone 8 or iPhone 10 that looks like you're looking at an x ray of your iPhone 8 or iPhone 10. And to me, I don't know what else actually call you could call cool stuff found if you can't call this cool stuff found. So uh, so thanks for sending that over. It's along, like a Bruce. watch
2: with a clear pack. You can watch it work. You can watch it work. It's exactly – yeah, I actually really
1: like that, being a watch geek and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I used to have I, – I wonder if I got it
0: from iFixit, but I used to have a background on one of my Macs that was an X-ray of that mm. specific Mac because I figured the TSA guys would just – It would just crack them up.
1: Oh yeah, right. Well, what am I?
0: What am I I seeing?
1: Right. Yeah. Back in the day, when they would make you like turn on your power up your laptop to show them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good. That's good. The security theater portion of your day has now ended. Has now ended. Yeah. No, it's only just begun, (laughs) Pete. You know that better than any of us. Uh, All right, we'll move on before we get Pete in trouble. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to Ray which if I alphabetized these things would come across way better. Uh, Ray says, uh, I'm an iOS developer and have been a fan of Mac Geek for many years. I recently launched a new document scanner app named power Logic focused power logics. Sorry, Ray focused on automation with workflows and rules. The app supports triggering rules based on content within scans, similar to the way one might use Hazel on a Mac. For example, The app can be used to automatically organize and archive receipts based upon their content. And uh, and obviously he sent us a link to uh, to the app that he wrote. Ray, we this is like my favorite kind of cool stuff found because it's uh, just staying within the family here. So we will most certainly put a link to that in the show notes, my friend. Yeah. And I love this. Right. Because I, I mean, I we've all used document scanners on on iOS. And if you haven't, then. You're missing out because it's like the most magical thing in the world. Uh, But then you get it and you've got to, you know, once the scan's done, then you got to do something with it. Well, with Ray, you don't have to. So nice job, Ray. Thanks for telling us about it, man. Very cool stuff. Don't you think, John? It's good, right? I think sometimes, yes. (laughs) You think sometimes, yes. All right. All right. Um, speaking of the iPhone 10, I have been, you know, testing out a couple of cases and I don't talk about every case I test because, um, they would, we would just become the case show, but, uh, I have been using one from catalyst called the impact, uh, protection case. It's a, it's a thicker case around the edge, but it's not too thick. Uh, it's got a clear back. So you can see the beautiful back of your, of your iPhone 10 and it's got this cool, uh, and probably the the reason that I'm mentioning it here for the, the volume mute button, uh, every case has to come up with a way of dealing with that. And this one I'm, I'm showing it to Pete here. It's actually a little knob that you turn and the knob it, it's smart on the inside. It's just got a wide notch. So when you turn it one way, the, it, the notch grabs, you know, the bottom of the thing and moves it down. When you turn it the other way, it grabs the top and moves it up. Yeah, it, it's perfect. And it really well done. And, and here you can, you can play yeah. with the, the notch on that. And it, it's just, it's very satisfying. You get It's the click. tactile, yeah. It's tactile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, beautiful. So, yeah. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, and it's, you know, it's got, they've got their drop protection and everything that Catalyst always does that, that uh, you know, makes life good. Nine nine point nine feet. They call it three meters of drop protection. So,
2: and, and what's the uh, for the uh, contactless uh, charging? Yeah, for and wireless. So it's got tracking. the clear back for the wireless charging. Yep. Um, is, is that a requirement, or is it just a certain thickness, or is there what's? The, it's a you know?
1: it's a thickness thing. Okay. You don't have okay. to have a clear back. Okay. It's not. It's not. Um, a visual thing. It yeah. Just, well. I, yeah. I that. Yeah. That didn't come out right. But I, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. Okay. But it. Yes. It okay. is. It is a. There is a distance. A maximum distance that you can have between the two charging coils. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And this. This. And is then it.
2: obviously something metal or leather. Is metal. Be less.
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like clear cases. Yeah. I do too. I do too. This Actually, one. This one's colored around the kind of. It looks like a bumper case. Is what it looks like. So yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. The one that um
0: Spec hooked me up with a couple, and they do have one called the Presidio Clear iPhone 7 case. And uh Yeah, I kinda like being able to see the
1: see the phone. Yeah. The case. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Apple makes nice looking phones. So um yeah, for sure. Um I've played with two TP Link things. One that one that actually they sent me to to play with and one that I bought um in their Casa series, K-A-S-A. Now, these are smart home devices. They don't work with uh, the S word that is part of our Apple devices, but it does work with the A word and the G word with uh, with your your Amazon and and Google stuff. So. uh, The one the first is the Casa cam. So it's actually a really uh, easy to use Internet, you know, Wi-Fi camera. It's got a low light mode that's freaking amazing. Uh, and you can check it from your phone, you know, anywhere really, really cool stuff. And uh, I've been impressed with it. It's, it's got a magnetic base too, that makes it really easy to stick on things. If you've got it, like, you know, I mean, you could put it on the side of your fridge if you, if you so desire, but you could also put it anywhere else. So I, that one, uh, you know, and it's got the whole customizing of activity zones and all that stuff. So I've been impressed with it, especially the the optics. It's a 1080p camera, 130 degree range. Um, good stuff. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then, uh, and then the other thing that I that I actually wound up buying on Black Friday, they had a deal. I bought a uh, a, a TP-Link HS100, which is one of their Wi-Fi smart plugs. You know, uh, I know I'm late to this particular part of the party, but. Every year I have used like the really old, I think it's the Insteon, the original like 10 year old smart home thing that you had the USB to your computer. And it basically used power line to send the signal to it, the, you know, the plug somewhere else, a remote plug or whatever, a Wi Fi smart plug changes that entirely. And that is what I should have done years ago. Just throw away all this other stuff and, um, and go with the future. Because it's been great. So we've got our, you know, our, our, uh, we have our, our lawn ornaments for, for, uh, the holidays here. And we put a couple of Santas up, inflatable Santas that, that run all day. And then of course our lasers that, that run against the house so that I don't have to climb up on the house with a ladder to put lights up. Cause I'm chicken of that. So, uh, so the lasers shine at the house and the trees and stuff. And it actually looks really cool. We are near an airport, by the way. <laughs> What's that? I am more than 10 miles away from an airport, Pete. I checked that. <laughs> i'm barely more than 10 ah. miles away but yeah yeah oh my I, I did think about that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. as i aimed, another one worth aim my lasers to the sky <laughs> but but yeah it, it uh just it, like these are th- these things are great because you can set them uh and and you can set schedules but you can also just trigger them with you know the app or whatever so yeah john so i
0: yeah, I jumped on that bandwagon, believe it or not, uh, a while ago. Someone right. gifted me a uh, WeMo Switch smart plug, which pretty much does what you think. There's yep. one plug, and it's got a power button, so you can manually turn it on. And
1: Oh, uh, that's nice. Yeah.
0: And then it integrates with uh, the A-word, uh, and I have it uh, tied to my table lamp in, sure. my, uh, in my bedroom. So I walk in, and I'm like, turn on the table lamp or turn off the table lamp, rather than going through the effort of actually, you know, hitting the switch on it. Right. I was actually looking for <laughs> something in my house to uh to do with it, but that's a you know, really happy with it integrates fine with my system.
1: Yeah, and it that's not that won't work with uh Apple's S word. It's only A word and G word, right? I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm looking uh, at it now.
0: Yeah. I don't have anything
1: that Let's works with
0: Apple's environment. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, I got right. in the game too early. I, I, I know yeah. a lot of people on our staff ah. have things that work with the H
1: word, but um, I don't think this is one H? of them. What's the H word, John? Are you mean Do you mean the S word? Oh, no. Well, I can say the H word. HomeKit. Oh, 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 yeah, I know. Okay, right. Yeah, you can say HomeKit, right? That doesn't have to be H word. <laughs> I thought we had a whole other one. I thought I missed one. It's funny we never talk about the C word. Um... <laughs> Let's move on to Joe here, okay. who has two things in his cool stuff found. Uh, he said, I can't imagine it gets much easier than this to set up your own isolated VPN on a virtual private server with its own discrete IP address, no less. Uh, it's called private packets at private packets.io. And what it's built to do is It's a, um, it's sort of an, an automated way to set up your, um, your, your own VPN server on a cloud server. So, and they've, they've kind of figured out, they've built a script essentially is, is what they've done that sets up all of this VPN stuff on a DigitalOcean server account. And uh, you pay DigitalOcean five bucks a month, but... Private Packets has a $10 credit, so you get two months for free, I would assume. That's kind of how I'm thinking about this. It's very, very cool. So privatepackets.io. If you want to set up your own VPN server to use from anywhere, uh, it's, it's set up outside of your house. You don't have to worry about your internet connection speed or anything like that. You just go ahead and do it. And of course, you could connect to it from your house, too, if you want. And DigitalOcean's got servers kind of all over the world, so you can pick your endpoints, too. So you got to check it out. privatepackets.io. Um, So there's that. So thanks for that, Joe. Uh, and, uh, and then he reminds us again, he says, Dave, have you ever looked at or used r- the router OS router board units from micro He said, it's kind of a European version of ubiquity with a pretty industrial feature set for a competitive price. Uh, I have, I, yes, we have talked about it here. I've never used any of that stuff, but quite a few of, our listeners and especially our, our consultant listeners from uh, Europe, uh, especially the UK, have, have very much recommended Microtik many, many times over. So, yeah, we got to we got to we got to get on that because it it's a, seems like a cool thing that it's the the professional but also prosumer level routers where you can get, you know, your hands dirty if you want. That's fun. One last one on the cool stuff found list here, John, from Stefan, who writes uh, In show 674, way to go, uh, there was mention of the website shellcheck.net. We inadvertently called it spellcheck.net, I think. We set it, uh, we put it in the show notes as spellcheck.net, which we've since fixed. But uh, shellcheck.net, where you can paste your shell script and have it checked for errors. He says, for people like me who are not comfortable pacing, possibly classified information into some website, there is another way. Shell check. <clears throat> so I can say it. I swear I can say C-shell, it. Right. She <laughs> Yeah. Easy for you to say. Shell check is just another utility that you can install on your command line through homebrew and then use without needing an Internet connection. Hence, it can also be integrated into a development environment. And he says, I use Code Runner from Code Runner app to develop and test all my scripts. Besides including support for various programming languages out of the box, it lets you add support for additional languages. So he says, I added Shellcheck as a new language. And essentially, the way Shellcheck works from the command line is you build a text file with your script in it, and then you point Shellcheck at that file. So you just say shell check, you know, um, file name text or whatever. And then it will do its magic and, and tell you its results. And that's how he did it inside of his uh, code runner dev- environment too. So really that's two, um, that's two cool stuff's found there because you get shell check and uh, shell check from the terminal and code runner. So it's pretty cool. Have you used shell check yet, John? Don't need to. You don't need to. What? No, I never. I never make errors.
0: Oh, all
1: right. So, of course,
0: hundred <laughs> percent accuracy. What were yeah. you thinking?
1: You know, I, I know I've talked about it before, but the um the fish shell f i s h has become my favorite shell to use on all my Macs. Uh, if you're a terminal user, the uh, the fish shell is great. It's it's got it, it's got really intelligent completion and history. And all of that stuff, it's just really, really smooth. And you can install it with Homebrew. I'll put a link to kind of the Fish Shell project page in general in the in the show notes. But it's it's pretty awesome. So I like, uh, I like it. I have it on all my Macs. It's good stuff. All right, John. Shall we... Um, you know, while we're here and we've been talking about some of this stuff, why don't we jump to one that we've been... Holding for many weeks. Why don't we jump to Andrew, John? That sound good. You want to take us to Andrew? I'm not going to jump. Okay, i will take us to Andrew
0: once I can
1: bring up where is. You want me to? That? I'll share. Hmm? J- I'll share David's tip. No, here tip. we go. You sure? I can yeah. share. Let me. I'll do David's tip. I got yeah. it up, and then we'll do it. Yeah. Uh David was having a problem, and it was a very interesting problem because he uh, he said. That he had the ability to both or it wasn't an ability, he was forced to be backing up his photos to iCloud while he was also on iCloud photo library. Now, those two things should be mutually exclusive. Once you turn on iCloud photo library on your phone, it for me and for the way it's supposed to work for most people is it removes the photos line from your backup options because it's already backing them up to iCloud through iCloud photo library. With David, that was not the case. And we went back and forth and back and back and forth. And I kept saying, no, like, man, this is like it's it's not you're, you're this is not expected behavior. So there's some bug. There's some problem. And if we can work around it for you, then you're, you know, you're going to be in bliss. You don't have to abandon ship. You don't have to go to Google photos. Like we can get you there. And, uh, and so he wound up calling Apple support and they, they fixed it with him, but they, they had some steps to do this that were very interesting to me. And I wanted to make sure we shared, he said, uh, on all Mac OS and iOS devices that have iCloud photo library and, and, uh, And with the iPhone, you know, uh, photo backups turned on, turn off iCloud photo library and then wait 24 hours, then turn off photos for backup and wait, excuse me, 24 hours. And then after the use, so this is a 48 hour process, right? Turn off iCloud photo library, wait 24 hours, then turn off photos for backup, wait another 24 hours, then turn both back on and leave and wait for everything to sync and boom he says now all my devices seem to be working as expected and properly managing the content so it it what apple was telling him that was that there's settings for this in iCloud that can get confused and they resync themselves every 24 hours Very interesting. I never would have thought, you know, I would have, I probably would have gone through exactly these steps, turn it all off, turn it back on, probably wouldn't have fixed it. Knowing to wait that 24 hours per is sort of the key here. So thanks for sharing that, David. That's, it's crazy, but, um, but it's a good tip. So, so thank you. All right, John, you ready to take us, uh, take us to Andrew? I am ready. Andrew
0: asks, is there a files app for Mac? For some reason, I thought there should have been one, since there is one for iOS. At first, I was going to get snarky. But then, I I reined in the snark. Okay. So, one could say that on the Mac, uh, the Finder is your files app. That's kind of how I think of it. Yeah. Well, but then I thought, then I wanted to think differently. (laughs) Somebody else used WordPress so once. Yeah, that's right. Obscure <laughs> um, reference? <laughs> um, so yeah, so it, one could say it's already there, but then I think the question goes a little deeper because what does files on iOS do? Well, it kind of lets you bridge the local file system, which you weren't able to do easily, um, with various cloud services, right?
1: Right. But, I mean that's what I get out of files. But I can do that so in the Finder, too. <sighs> You I can, can have Dropbox and Cloud Station I, and Box. I, I agree, and, but yeah. there are
0: enhancements that you can make to that. So that's how I took this question. I'm just sure. going to mention three products that, that I use on and off Okay, uh, that you may want to explore to give you uh, more functionality. So the first one that I've used, Dave, it's something called Expand Drive. And they advertise it as a network drive for the cloud. And you can mount... Map or Mount, Amazon, Google, Dropbox, Box, OneDrive, SFTP, WebDev, S3, uh, on your Mac. So that may be one thing to check out. And it's both for Mac and Windows, if you happen to be one of those Windows people. So that's one. Um, Another one. And then there are some that include uh, uh, encryption of some sort of your cloud contents, which I think is interesting. Okay. Okay. let me see. The other one that I saw here, the second one is something called Boxcryptor.
1: Oh, yeah. We've talked about it. yeah, Yeah, yeah. We, actually, we've talked about both of, the, both of these things. I mean, it's worth bringing them back up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's similar. You know, does Dropbox, does Google Drive, does um, uh, OneDrive, Box, and many more. Yeah. I'm not going to read you the whole list here. Right. Um, right. But it also offers a, an encryption feature. So, so I think that's kind of nice, too. And then the last one that some guy out of the blue just emailed me saying, hey, check this one out. And I'm like, okay, sure. Um, it's called Cloud Mounter. I've never heard of that. Their tagline is free disk space. Yeah, it's um, it's it's the new kid on the block. Okay. Um, but they say Cloud Mounter is a must-have tool for laptop users with low-capacity SSD drives, and that you can easily mount your Dropbox, Google Drive, other cloud disks without, without having to download the files.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So it it on, essentially on starts you in... selective sync mode with nothing synced, but you can still see all the contents. That seems to be the case. Oh, yeah, that's that's more like files for iOS. You're right, because when you're that's a great distinction, because when you're saving something on iOS to the files app, it is not saving it locally, at least not in a persistent way. I'm sure it's stored temporarily locally while it syncs up or whatever, but it's not uh, taking up space long term on your iOS device. You're saving it effectively straight to the cloud. Um, whereas on your Mac, when you save to Dropbox, you are saving to the local copy of your Dropbox that then happens to be synced. But the local version remains. Uh, yeah, I hadn't thought about the files uh-huh. app that way. Yeah, that's good, man. I like this yeah, cloud mounter yeah. Yeah. I did. Now the weird thing, Dave,
0: is that I do not see um I think there's there should be, or maybe not, an on my Mac category on my iOS device when you run files. I don't see that because I don't think any app has stored something locally on my phone in quite a while. I'll have to check my iPad
1: also. Uh well you wouldn't you know see an on my Mac category, but you would see or local. I see on my iPhone when I, when I launch files, yeah, when I launch files, I see it, but you might have it turned off. If you go into the files app, um, you have to, if you go to the upper right hand corner and hit the edit button, you will see the ability to turn on and off all of those services and quote unquote on my iPhone is one of those services that you can disable. And from this, uh, screen you can also reorder them so that you can put the ones that obviously matter uh the yeah, most I don't, to you. i don't see that so when under you, locations no well i mean yes and no and if you're on that screen where you can see locations and then below that favorites and tags in the upper right hand yes. corner is an edit button
0: and i hit that and then yeah so i get a uh so i see no, I don't see on my iPhone. I see iCloud Drive, DS Cloud, DS File, OneDrive, Sandisk Connect. That's interesting. Sure. Well, these are all your apps right. and Google Drive. Huh. So these are the only things that are advertising. Isn't that interesting? Their presence to. Uh, I wonder yeah. what. I, 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 wonder I don't see the category.
1: The, um, uh, let's see. Files iOS 11 on my iPhone. Let's do a quick, uh, quick search. Because there's something there. It should be, it should be there, or maybe, yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't be there, huh? Hmm. I'll fiddle with it. Yeah, I mean, you've got. Do you see it on yours, Pete? Uh, uh, I'll uh go on your iPhone. Launch the the files app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just. that's interesting. We'll have to dig into that. If anybody knows feedback at MacGeekab.com. That's the, uh, did, did I hear you right, Dave, with, with this new codec and all that? Um, I think you said feedback at MacGeekab.com. I did. I said feedback at MacGeekab.com and we are using discord again, you know, of all the topics that we got email about this week, uh, the sound changes that we made, uh, what I thought was temporarily last week, but clearly is not, uh, were like far and away 10 to one emails about that versus, you know, all the the other content of the show. So thank you for that. And I'm glad that the new changes that we made, I mean, by and large, in fact, I don't think there were any negative comments. There were some nitpicks, which is really great. But uh, but everybody seemed to, in general, you know, like the this sound better and I agree it's a better it's a better codec uh, we had some weird issues when we talked at the same time that that John sound would flange out a little bit but I think we found some settings in discord to deal with that too so uh, so let us know what you think again there you go premium at com is where you would send your uh, your email if you're a, a premium listener we, we prioritize those because that's how we go <laughs>
2: All right. And I actually have one more that's kind of a weak weak sister of those. I I think maybe, but but yeah. but I use it still religiously is which is Forklift. Okay. Is files app. because it, it not only is it a kind of a replacement for Finder, but it's an excellent FTP.
1: And this is on your on Mac? The
2: Mac. On the yeah, Mac. Yeah. Okay. And uh, for instance, um I I no longer use uh, like Cyberduck and some of the other FTP programs. I just try, drag and drop it from one side of Forklift to the other, like to my, my server, my web server. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it maintains a constant connection to that. So it's <laughs> it's slightly different. Than the others, but, uh, but it, it also does the drop drive and, and uh, Amazon and. Right,
1: and, right. It's and, not just FTP. It's. And, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, huh. so I found forklift to
1: be really versatile along those lines. Huh.
2: Binary nights.
1: I think they might've removed Dropbox support from uh, what I'm seeing here. Interesting. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but they do have, you're right. S3, Google drive, FTP, SFTP, WebDAV uh, any of your local yeah, file servers. Yeah. yeah. Huh,
2: cool. I guess Dropbox only in so much as that it appears in the, on your hard drive, oh. or you know, on your hard drive. Anyway, you can look at that.
1: Right, you know? right. Oh yeah. So. There's no, right. It's already there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So. That makes sense. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. All right, John, while we're on this one, speaking of iOS and tools that, uh, that are inconsistently available between Mac and iOS, why don't you take us to Sam? Hmm. <sighs> Yeah.
0: Well, this changed since I last looked at it. <laughs> okay. Hi, guys. Have either one of you ever tried this app? Uh, Lemonjar.com slash iOS console. Yes, we have. I, I think our, our friend Allison actually let us know about it. Okay. Um, and the thing is, yes, I've tried it, and uh, at least under High Sierra, doesn't work. Oh. It launches, wow. but I see nothing. Okay. Um. So yeah, it was a handy little tool. (laughs) Not anymore. Now, here's the thing, though, is that I'm going to be... Sam's going to turn me into a liar I don't see what I saw before, Dave. So yes, of course we mentioned that. And I said in my reply, I'm on... I see her on iOS 11 and the version that claims to be... uh, uh, Next sentence. Okay. On the other hand, running console on its own, Dave... Yep. At least the last time I tried, it shows that both my cabled iPhone 7 as well as my Wi-Fi connected iPad are both shown as items to log when running the stock console app. Yeah. The thing is, I just looked and I don't see them anymore. Um, I don't know if the uh, OS update
1: broke it or I have to re uh, you have to reinstall uh, Xcode? I feel like oh, maybe I got to upgrade it. All that right. might that might be related mm. to to these going away for you because I'm I'm still able to do that and I can see the logs on my high Sierra machine or at least I could as of you know a week or two ago. I, I'm not on high Sierra in the studio yet because. You know, I need this machine to be reliable, and and I always just wait. Yeah, yeah, but so I don't know if I got to cable them or re-enable. You them. might I need to. Know,
0: I got Wi-Fi. Last I checked, I have Wi-Fi syncing on, but I don't see it hmm. show up in iTunes either.
1: Oh, then you might need to go through the whole, you know, authorize this computer yeah. to talk to this phone, you know, key key bag thing, whatever that is. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. But yeah, um yeah. the good news is uh you should be able to see your devices. You may have to cable them um, yep. in console. Yeah. So that's yeah.
1: A, a console's nice weird in in Sierra and High Sierra. It's it's become more of a developer tool than a troubleshooting tool. Yeah. Console. How dare they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's just difficult sometimes to troubleshoot with it uh, unless it's Oh yeah. Oh. You know, this is a Something to mention here, Dave. Remember, there was
0: this uh, app that let you uh, kind of digest uh, console output. Ye- Consolation. Oh, Consolation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, remember that? Well, hey, guess what? It's new. Uh, Consolation two. Really? So, yeah. No, I was goofing around, and or no, I was searching, and I'm like, oh, look, Consolation two. I don't know if the app let me know that there's a new version of it, but
1: huh, there's a new version of it. Really? Look at that, Consolation two point four. They um yeah, it's from the Eclectic Light Company, and they like it's hard to find a link for this, but Consolation is really you can do a lot of different things with it. It's mainly built to surface logs of your Time Machine backups, which previously we were pretty easy to get out of console prior to sierra we we're, were easy to get out of, out yeah, of console yeah i mean, you search your backup d and and it's um, done it's right there that's not the case with with high sierra so consolation is your uh, is your consolation prize so we'll put a link there to the eclectic light company's page talking about consolation too that's good stuff i like that yeah same 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 Uh, All right. I want to take a minute and talk about our software set of sponsors, if that's okay, Mr. Braun. Mm -hmm. In this sponsor block, I got software for you that you can download and use right away. The first is Plex. We're at Plex.tv slash MacGeek. You get all your movies, TV shows, music, and photos on any device anywhere for free. Plus, you can upgrade to a Plex Pass and your first month free with coupon code MGG. Again, this is free to download, register, and use. You can stream and share all your personal media to any device from your Plex Media server, photos, music, movies, even DVR-TV. You get personalized news presented beautifully and seamlessly right alongside all your own media. They've got... Almost 200 global publisher partners and growing that includes CNN, CBS, Financial Times, Euronews and top local news sources for over 80 percent of the markets in the U.S. You can organize all your personal media in a awesome interface. We use Plex at home all the time. Here's the thing. We run one Plex server, right? I happen to run it on my disk station. You could run it on your Mac. You can also run in Plex Cloud. If you don't want to have to run your own server locally, you can do that. But then we can access it with our iPhones, our iPads. There's an Apple TV app for Plex. There's a Roku app for Plex. There's a TiVo app for Plex. It's built into your TiVo. You can just use it. This is pretty amazing. And it's so smooth. We do everything in Plex now. It really is great. And so much of this functionality is available just for free. And then if you want some of the added functionality, like the ability to sync for offline viewing, like while you're on an airplane or whatever, you can download uh, or upgrade rather to Plex Pass. And your first month of that is also free because of coupon code MGG. Visit plex.tv slash MacGeek. I know it's a weird URL. It's not our normal URL. So you got to remember that or you can just visit. Our show notes, plex.tv slash MacGeek. But then remember that coupon code is MGG. Our thanks to Plex for sponsoring this episode. And the second piece of software that you can download is Text Expander. Another thing that I don't go a day without using. Man, so, so much great stuff with Text Expander. Let's say you get home from a conference, right? Or, you, you know, you're visiting, like I go to these Pepcom events or whatever, and you've got a ton of new contacts and you want to follow up with everybody. Well, you could type out an email or you could use copy and paste to move things around. But here's the problem with copy and pasting, right? Let's say I say, uh, you know, hey, Susan, it was great meeting you. Thanks so much for taking the time to show me all the geeky details of that product. I really appreciate it. Susan, I look forward to working together with you in the future. You know, best regards, Dave. Uh, I've mentioned Susan's name twice in there. So if I copy that text and then paste it into another email. I have to remember to change Susan's name in both places. Otherwise I have egg on my face. I also have to, you know, change the thank you line. That's, you know, I said, thanks for walking me all the geeky features. Maybe when I go to Tim, he's showing me some of the more, uh, I I don't know, you know, design centric stuff of whatever their product is. So I got to thank Tim for that. And now I'm editing in a weird way. Text expander snippets, Let's you customize that and you can use fill in fields for things like contact names and a custom topic and you can blow through repetitive tasks like this in minutes instead of hours. You can share your snippet collection with colleagues. So if you're, you know, uh, replying to a lot of people doing sort of the same thing visit TextExpander.com slash podcast. No, that's not me reading too fast from their talking points. That's literally the URL they want you to use. It's TextExpander.com slash podcast and you get 20% off your first year. When you go to TextExpander.com slash podcast, it'll ask you which podcast. We hope that you'll remember this one, but you get 20% off at that URL. TextExpander.com slash podcast Our thanks to Smile and text expander for sponsoring this episode. All right, John. Well, uh, I think it's time to answer some questions. What do you think? Mm. Why not? Okay. Bill, uh, you know, we talked to, we opened the show talking about iOS notifications, um, in sort of a <laughs> not so great light. Uh, but Bill says, here's a little thing that's been bugging me for a long time. My iPad shows mail notifications on the lock screen for all mailboxes, while my iPhone shows them only for inboxes. I use server-side rules to put emails into folders before they ever go to my devices. For example, all emails from banks skip the inbox and go to a finance folder. On the iPad, I get a notification on the lock screen that the email came in to my finance folder. On the iPhone, I get... No such notification until I unlock the phone and sometimes not until I open mail on the phone. I have searched high and low for some difference in the settings that might have made uh, that I might've made on the iPad and not the iPhone, but I can't find anything. The issue has persisted over several different devices through the years. So, Am I crazy or is this just a way that iOS notifications have been implemented differently on iPhone and iPad? You know, um, I I don't have a magic answer for this. I I'm I have a couple of things to to test. Now, there are um there are two places to go for notifications. Uh settings, notifications, mail. And you've got a lot of options in there when it comes to mail. It's one of the more granular things. Uh, available in iOS uh, in terms of notifications. When you go into settings, notifications, mail, you get different settings available for each of your mailboxes. Uh, you just dig in, but then below those and, and with your mailboxes, you can have it do, you know, previews and sound and uh, show on the lock screen or not on the lock screen, showing your lock screen history or not in the history. But then You get to also choose whether you get notifications for your VIPs and also whether you get notifications on threads. None of these are talking about different mailboxes, though. And that's the interesting part. I'm not sure I've ever seen iOS notify me of this, but I do know, especially when Bill says uh, that, A lot of times he doesn't get the notification until he launches mail. That makes me wonder how mail is being checked for on, uh, on these devices because with well, low power mode for one mail won't check in the background. It'll only check when you launch the app. So, and I, I like my kids and most of my kids, friends just, live in like permanent low power mode. As soon as they they take their phone off charge in the morning, they just put it in low power mode and it stays that way all day. So it's possible that Bill's doing that. And maybe that's causing these delays. Uh, the other thing would be going into settings mail and then going into, um, oh, it's not settings. It's not there anymore. It's sorry. It's settings accounts and passwords. And going in there and setting for each account when you dig in, you get to set how often it's checking for your mail and uh, and if you've got an option you can you can have it do push like for for mine it's right at the bottom if you go into settings accounts and passwords at the bottom of that is an option that says fetch new data and you can set that to hourly or push and you can change it. For all of your mailboxes, uh, or sorry, all of your mail accounts, that might be another place to, uh, to check any thoughts on this, John. Hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think also, uh, well, here's the one thought I think I'm, uh, or observation is that I think the default behavior, I'm, I'm set up just the way I want to be because I don't suffer from too many or too few, um, the way I'm set up, Dave, is actually I was in the same place you were recently. Notifications mail, and I find what works for me is VIP. That's the only thing I get a mail notification for because right. if it's not a VIP, then do I do I care? Yeah. That, that
1: that's how I have mindset <laughs> Or too. should
0: you should you interrupt I don't want you to interrupt me unless it's a VIP in which case I figure it's an important email, you know, right. you're on the list and you know a few other people.
1: Right. Yeah. Nope. I I, I run my notific my mail notifications the same way. Uh, VIP is fantastic because it, like you said, it lets you pick. And it's very easy to add people or remove people from uh, the VIP list. But
0: that yeah, it's still, you know, I still scratch my head over the mechanism for that and that it's not at all straightforward.
1: Really? Well, I think, it, it, well, I mean, on, well, I on the you Mac, can... you just right click on a, a person's name and email and yeah. say, add to VIP. <laughs> And the same thing is true on iOS, right? You just, um, in a inside a message, you just tap on their name in the from list and say, add to VIP. It's right there.
0: Yeah. The, the, what bothers me is that that, that seems to be the only venue and that I don't think you can do it from the person's contact card, which would kind of make sense to me that you could identify someone as a well. VIP but no, 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 no.
1: Here's, here's the thing now. Sorry, Bill, John has brought us down this tangent, but it's a good <laughs> tangent. No, a VIP tangent's a good one. Um, The uh, the reason you wouldn't want to do that from the contacts record is because you don't necessarily have contact records for every person or entity from whom you are receiving mail and you want to be able to add them as a VIP. Right. So you might, but there's no like there's no Mm -hmm. rule that says you have to have a contact record for someone in order to make them a VIP. So this is a mail function, not an iOS, uh, yeah. iOS wide function. Yeah. Well, I think
0: it'll show you their contact card from that same. scroll sure. Down. You I, can, you can identify if, somebody as a VIP on VIP them or see their card.
1: If they have a contact card, if oh, they don't, so maybe, it, maybe create, maybe it gives you, you a create, you <sighs> can create okay. a contact card from there. Yeah. Like it, you know, I get email from, uh, we have season tickets to the UNH uh, hockey games. And I like, they send out an, uh, an email to us season ticket holders the day before the game. And those were getting lost in the shuffle. So I was always missing these things. They're like, Oh, bring a can to the food drive and you can get a scarf or whatever. We missed out on scarves. Uh, and we also missed out on, you know, uh, contributing to this food drive that they were doing. Cause it only happened during that game. And, uh, so I can just go and say add this address from UNH to my VIP, but it, it's not. There's no contact record for it. It's just a VIP. That's it. So yeah, that's that's where it goes. The VIP tangent. It's good. You got any thoughts for Bill as to how? Like, I I what I'm curious about is how do you get notifications for? sub mailboxes like let's say i wanted to have we have server side rules or at least i do server side rules that put my uh, mac geek mail into you know one for general feedback and one for premium feedback mm-hmm. i can't get notify, i don't get notifications for those i imagine yeah, I, like I, I, well i don't know how i could i i don't Like, I don't think I I didn't realize it was possible for iOS to notify me about anything other than that, which landed in my inbox, even for VIPs. If I get a VIP note that is filtered to some other box, I don't get a notification for it. So how is Bill doing that is the question. Makes me feel like his iPad has some I'll call it corrupt setting, but. You know, in, in in this case, it's kind of pretty cool. So, yeah, I don't know. If anybody knows, let us know. We already told you how to find us. Uh, I got a note from EO Lake this week. Long time listener, uh, long time reader of, of wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I just
0: want to tell you this one thing. Okay. Um, you may be able to make a rule that will send you a notification, Dave. I'm just looking. In my list of rules here, at least on on Mac OS. Oh,
1: yeah, on Mac OS. Send
0: notification action that you can uh, take based on whatever condition you have in the rule. So, yes just thought i'd offer that to you yeah no scratching your head over uh how could i possibly generate a notification yeah but i
1: can't that. do that on ios oh pete right. we left my uh my phone in oh. in, in volume on mode yeah we were that was with me that sorry cool man cool stuff out no it's fine <laughs> uh, <gooberty. laughs> yeah you're, you're right yeah there's no way to do that there's no way to do local rules um hmm. in mail for ios right so yeah all right we'll go to EO Lake because eolake uh wrote in this week he said uh just recently, my iPad, when sending photos to Facebook, makes them quite small, about one megapixel. I can't find a setting to change that. And a Google search only turns up information about HEIF, which is not the issue. How can I change this? Well, I knew that uh, that I had set my iPhone and iPad to upload high res, both photos and videos to facebook a long time ago so i went to look at that setting and so i went into settings and then i went into facebook and sure enough in my facebook settings page i have a setting to upload video hd and also photos hd and they were both off for me i don't know why that would have happened because i know i had turned them on before and it seems like that same thing happened to eolake too so if you want to Make sure you are uploading in HD or not in uploading in HD, whatever your choice is. I highly recommend you go to Settings Facebook on your iPhone and iPads because otherwise you uh, may not have the setting you think you have. So thanks for the heads up on that. The unintentional heads up on that. You like it's good stuff. Man. Maybe changing the phones or something, did it? I mean, it could be, you know,
2: as you know, as soon yeah. as you change phones, all these settings go away that. If they shouldn't you like think that. they would transition right. over, yeah. Right. And they just don't. And they just yeah. don't. You know, no, I bet you're right. Um, so many logins. And
1: yep. Like, don't let yourself commit a photo crime. <laughs> right. That's, well, I mean, but anybody that posts to Instagram is automatically committing photo crimes every hey, hey, time. Hey, no politics here, John. Mm. <laughs> what? That's right. Photo crimes?
2: Uh, never mind. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. No VI politics, is better here. than Emacs, guys. I just want to
1: make sure you know that.
0: <laughs> oh, there's photos of all sorts. I, I'm, I'm talking a... Uh, you know i'm
1: talking right right a resolution (laughs) but i'm with you the instagram
0: i love instagram because you can geotag things and, and all that but i don't like that they reduce the quality of the picture more often than not yes yes
1: oh well. all right uh bobby has actually a great question that i have sort of an answer for and would love help with this from all of you too uh, Bobby says, can you please remind us where you purchase your Apple Care for your Macs from? Uh, there are two places that I have generally bought Apple Care from over the years. The first is LA Computer uh, at lacomputercompany.com, and the other is Small Dog. Unfortunately, LA Computer's selection of Apple Care. Uh, Has been dwindling as of late. In fact, when I checked just the other day while we were prepping the show, the only thing they had left was iMac. Now, of course, you can buy AppleCare from Apple, but an AppleCare for an iMac costs you $169 from Apple and from L.A. Computer Company. It is, uh, well, see, now they don't even have that. Uh, Now they've got Apple care for Mac mini, but, but it was one twenty nine from them. So a significant savings for the Mac mini Apple charges, 99, they charge 75. So there's, there's significant savings from these guys. And they used to have uh, everything in their, uh, in their list. Now it's like, you know, like I said, just one thing at a time. So uh, I don't know if that's a temporary issue or if that's, uh, you know, just a function of the way that particular aftermarket works. Small dog uh, does is the other place that I have bought discounted Apple care from over the years. At the moment, they are not offering discounts on any Apple care. They do sell Apple care, but, uh, but you get a discount. We were talking about this pre-show as we were kind of doing our prep and, uh, and we do stream our pre-show at Mac slash stream. If you want to hear that uh, Alex in the chat room asked, well, I don't understand this. You know, if if the warranty is coming from Apple, how can I buy AppleCare from a third party? And it's a great question that's really only answerable if you've done it. There's two ways that you can get AppleCare. One is sort of the digital download, I'll call it, but it's not even a download. You just go onto Apple's site, you plug your serial number in you plug your credit card information in you process the order for apple care and it is immediately applied to your serial number do not pass go do not collect 200 bucks just pay the 200 bucks or more and you're good to go the other way is to buy a boxed copy of apple care and that's what you're buying from from these third parties in the box is it used to be a copy of Tech Tool Pro? I don't know if Tech Tool Pro still comes with Apple Care, uh, but also in the box is a valuable piece of paper with a number on it. And you type that number in at Apple's red, uh, uh, Apple Care registration page, you assign it to your serial number, and then everything is good to go. So that's how you buy Apple Care from a third party. AppleCare is a warranty. And Alex is saying, clarifying his question. Questioning. He's like, how can these people afford to sell it for less? AppleCare is, you know, for the most part, all profit for Apple, as any extended warranty really is. Uh, they're going to be supporting new computers anyway. It generally doesn't cost them a whole lot more to let other people use that support staff. Um, yes, there are some parts and, and hardware that that they wind up using uh, that they, they cover the cost for with apple care so there's some cost delta but it's not a it's it's you know mostly profit so uh it is possible to find bulk apple care packages being sold for less than retail and that's what these guys are doing is a little bit of arbitrage right they go out they buy buy these things up in bulk. That stuff's available all over the place. You could buy bulk. Uh, Apple. I mean, you'd have to get on the bid list for them, but Apple will sell you, you know, uh, iPhone like you know, a batch of iPhones. You know, here's two hundred and fifty grand worth of iPhones. Buy them. They're not new. Uh, some of them have problems. Some of them don't. It's up to you. You figure it out, and you're getting them at pennies on the dollar, right? And there's there this is there, there's a whole business for this. So that's what's happening here is people are just buying up these bulk AppleCare things and then uh, and then selling them off uh, at a little profit. So, you know, presumably if L.A. computers got AppleCare for 75 bucks, they're paying maybe 65 for it or maybe they're even paying, you know, 50 for it. Like it costs 99, maybe uh, maybe it's possible to buy them in bulk for half price and then they'd mark it up and split the difference and you save and they make money and that's how business works. I've also seen it on
2: eBay and Amazon um, but the, the caution there is obviously particularly like with eBay be careful you don't buy the right to yeah. You know, the right to look at a website that might have a chance to bid on an auction for AppleCare, you know, or, we, right. you know, every yeah. now and then you see weird stuff like that. I mean, my, my son went on to send buy you a, something once in it.
0: Or they send you a
1: picture of the
2: Yeah, box something, something real, you know, yeah, exactly. There, there well, there's nothing wrong with like a picture
1: of the code. Yeah. I mean, I've done that with L.A. Oh, Computer. Right, I was right. close on, on the timing with one. Right. And Apple's actually very good about that. If you, like, let's say your warranty is going to expire on Wednesday you know, your first year and you have to register your Apple care before your year's up. You can, if you buy on Monday, but don't get the code in the mail until Friday, you have to sort of go through an exception process with Apple and talk with a rep. But if you show them your receipt, you're like, look, no, I paid for this on Monday before my warranty expired. They'll honor that every time. Yeah. 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 And it could even be three weeks from Monday that you do it and they'll honor it for you. They're very good about that. But so I've had them send me pictures when it's sure. like oh crap i'm you know whoa. i need it now <laughs> i need it now yeah, yeah. yeah. and they're like yeah. okay we'll open the box for you and you yeah. know I'll, i'm just
2: saying be careful on you know as you know with ebay yeah. you can get you can get weird things Check and not, the reviews. not even a picture of a code yeah you know you mm-hmm. you're paying eighty dollars for the right to bid in right. the auction on right. you know no no wait a minute i want the apple care itself but but it is on there um if you put it in specifically uh amazon as well but but yeah small dog seems to be the way to the simplest way to go. To
1: yeah, get unfortunately, but their prices are flat retail yeah, right now. So yeah. if you're going to pay flat retail, by all means, buy it from Apple. There's yeah, no because yeah. that way Apple has a record of it. There's no it, it, question. And It logs in right away.
2: Yep, right, right away. It's in your support page.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and Alex actually has a great thing that, man, I always forget about. Uh he says it might be worth mentioning if Apple's if an Apple device was purchased with your credit card, your credit card might cover accidental damage, something Apple Care does not cover. And your credit card might also extend your warranty by, you know, oh, yeah. might double your warranty. It, depending. You've got to look at especially when you're in the platinum cards. Yeah, right. Like it depends but, on the features uh-huh. of your card. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them do. And a lot of cards, especially this time of year. Offer price protection. Sometimes it's, you know, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. If you buy something and then realize that it, you know, the price dropped, you know, in the post Christmas sales or whatever, even sometime in January, you might be able to uh, to recapture some of that. So. Yeah, it's it's always good to remember the benefits of your credit cards yeah. that you use. And then there's Apple Care
2: versus Apple Care Plus on accidental damage. You were gonna talk about that.
1: <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah. Because yes, we talk about Apple Care for our Macs, and that's in fact what's offered for our Macs. There is a completely different product with a very similar name offered for your iPhone called Apple Care Plus. And Apple Care Plus does indeed cover some level of accidental damage, uh, with some limitations. So Right, John, do you buy AppleCare Plus for your iPhone? I should have, but I didn't. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I buy AppleCare for all of my uh, Macs, like without question. And it has saved me on, like, I'm I'm way ahead of the game on this. That said, I've never bought AppleCare for any of my iPhones. See, I'm kind of the opposite. Anything that I can move around with, my laptop, my phone. My IMAX. It. it. I don't care. It's really cost comparing the cost of the phone versus the cost of Apple care insurance is it, it's exorbitant. The percentage of it. Yeah. It's really high. And, you know, I've always got, you know, whatever, four phones going. Yeah. And over That's the true. years. It's what
2: is 20% of the price of the phone. It's 20%. No,
1: yeah. No. So with four phones, you know, I'm at 80% of, of the price of phone. a new phone. At any given time, it and and the math has worked out for me. We've had a couple of instances of issues, as you do, yeah, yeah. and we pay for it, you know, out of our pocket, whatever that repair is. Because remember, if you're paying two hundred bucks for you know for Apple Care Plus to repair your phone, doesn't cost you the full price of the phone. Right. Right. you so a new screen, two hundred. It costs on you a new 10, screen, but so you know, yeah. yeah, here's two hundred bucks. Well, that's you. I mean, you would you like to pay that when your screen breaks? Or would you like to pay it when you buy the phone, whether or not your screen ever breaks? That's how I. Yeah, that man. math has worked out for us. We're way ahead on that. So, hey, but we're also comfortable with that risk and the, sure. The, the you know the timing surprise of that particular expense. Maybe I should get a refund then. I haven't activated it online. Oh, the, so on there you know. go. <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're willing to yeah. you know yeah, spend two hundred bucks, you know, like hey dad, <laughs> it's time. Okay then you you might be able to save it sure. i don't know I, that's that's been my logic, and that logic has worked out for us yeah so it's always
2: worked out well for me on the on the laptop yeah especially that's that's the one that i've done the best with because. Well, you you need it less, obviously, but some of us do need some real tech support now.
1: (laughs) Yes, no, you know, and you can pick up the
2: phone and talk to them, and they'll talk to you. Hey, you know, how come this isn't working the way you advertised it? And I've also
1: found that Apple Care, like my Mac, has—I mean, it's less and less moving parts over the years, but but things go wrong with my Mac hardware far more frequently than just having some like non accidental. Right. Issue happened to my iPhone. My iPhone, like iPhone, like you have the batteries or whatever. Okay, fine. But other than that, there's nothing in the iPhones that, in in a general sense, just dies. Right. So, and even
2: that technology, the, the battery in particular, has gotten significantly better, better. it seems, over the years. Yeah. They're having less and less battery issues that.
1: Yeah. In, right. In, in yeah. my experience, no. my personal anecdotal experience. Right. Yeah. That's all we can do is talk yeah. about anecdotal. Yeah. John, go ahead. Now, this. Is- you know,
0: I think I'd be, uh, per your line of reasoning, uh, I'm looking here right now. So the thing is, I got a broken screen and I'll have to get it fixed. If I go to Apple, it's 149 if it's out of warranty. Okay. okay. The thing that baffles me is, so I look here, so Apple Care Plus for the iPhone 7 is 129 Yeah. And then to get a repair done is $29. So it actually would cost me more to get my screen fixed. I bought
2: apple care. well but if it's get, only your screen and you get but you get two, right. chance, two shots at it you can go break the screen again and they'll fix it okay again <laughs> <for another laughs> right, but here's the
1: other thing like when my son broke his screen yeah. uh it, we brought it in i forget it was a six i think it was an iphone six we brought it in uh they're like yeah it's going to be whatever 129 149 bucks for the new screen it'll take us whatever you know 30 minutes to do it we're like awesome okay we'll you know go and like Mess around, whatever. We'll be right back. So we come back and they're like, yeah, so here's the thing. Um, It's not just the screen, you know, whatever impact damage happened, made it so that the motherboard is flaky enough that we can't get a new screen. To be, you know, accepted by this motherboard and they're like, and, and they, they even warned us about that up front. They're like, sometimes this happens. We don't know as you can't, and, you know, you, you can only know if one part is truly the only thing wrong with the phone, if you replace it and it works. <laughs> right. Right. If mean, it's just how that's simple troubleshooting, right. You isolate and move along. So the repair went from being 149 to 299 that day for that particular phone, whatever, you know, whatever it was at that point in time, because they're like, we're just going to have to do an out-of-warranty replacement of your phone. And now that's still, still that's way cheaper, cheaper than a new phone than buying a new phone. Yeah. Now you can't do an upgrade at that point. Like you can't say, well, I only got it with, you know, 64. Can I go to 128? No, it's exactly the same thing, but you're paying, you know, whatever, 299 So... Uh, And that's the worst of it that's happened for and us. And often they'll just
2: bring out a new phone. It was pram- a brand pre- new phone. Yeah, see? Yeah. And that's it. And I, because now that you mentioned that, every now and then you will get lucky. We had one for my daughter and it was a, I want to say it was a 32 gig. They didn't have any 32 gigs. They went, here's a 64, go away.
1: Oh, it, so you can get an upgrade, but it's not your choice. It has choice. to be,
2: yeah, it has to be. They just don't have any other yeah. product to give you. Yeah, of
1: course. So. Of course. So now- to wrap up the Apple Care discussion, or
0: I'll just give you another observation. No, yeah, here. yeah, dude. Um, we'll, we'll, Alex, when,
1: and when we wrap up Apple Care, we gotta wrap up the show. We're 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 you know, yeah. we're rambling. But Alex made a, a good <laughs> suggestion. Alex made another good suggestion. So the thing
0: is I just went to mine, Dave. So one thing, you may or may not know this, but Google knows where you are. How do you know this? Well, I'm gonna tell you. So if I go to Google and I scroll to the bottom of the page, it says, Oh, you're in this zip code in Fairfield, Connecticut. Right. Because it looks at my internet address, internet right. address and takes right. a guess. As far as I know, when you search for things, like shopping things, it'll use your location to tell you things that are nearby. Because I looked here, Dave. So I got one match, uh, AppleCare for Mac Mini. So I searched for AppleCare Mac Mini. So it came up with B&H Photo has it for 99 bucks. Well, that's the retail. Right, but sure. Adorama camera, which I believe is another... Uh, Retail outlet in Manhattan has it for sixty nine dollars, so that's cool. And the it shows here. Boston College Bookstore has it for seventy nine. There's one on eBay for sixty. So um, just a Google search, uh, letting it know your location may uh, give you some viable options.
1: Uh, yeah, man.
0: Google Food. I bought stuff from Adorama, I, uh, Um Yeah, I bought photo stuff and picture frames and all that from them. But uh,
1: all right, well, I am putting a link to their Apple Care page. Um, there, they don't have them for everything, but you're right. And they've got them for Mac mini, which is ironically, or perhaps not coincidentally, the same product that LA computer has. And they list it at Adorama as a closeout. So Hmm. they might not be able to get any more of these. This might be a dying beast, which is unfortunate, but we'll put a link to their Apple care page. That's great. Yeah. Yeah yeah Uh oh, well, I think it's time to bring the band in guys. Well, well it's kind of how it goes. uh I do want to take a minute actually I want to say two things um I, I said this in the chat room but uh, but i'll I, I want to say it to all of you thank you f- I mean thank you for everything. Uh, we say that all the time, but it really uh, you, you know we mean it every time we say it. Uh today we had four sponsors in the show uh which is great. It, it, but that is our maximum. I if somebody were to show up and say, "No, we definitely want to be in this episode." I would not allow five. That that's it's to me that's too much. Um and I really do uh you you might be able to hear some of the difference in the in the sort of the timbre of the the microphone and the levels, but I generally pre-record all the sponsor spots so that I can keep them tight. Um by pre-recording, I get to... I mean, it still happens as though it's live. We just play them back in the course of the show is how that works. But by doing them pre-recorded, I can look, I can read the the talking points or whatever it is they, they you know, want me to talk about. And then I can record it. And believe it or not, I actually edit my uh, recordings of those to keep them tight, to keep the message on point, but also not ramble on for, you know, five, six minutes per sponsor. So, uh... Even with that, I try to balance it out. So I think this week we have four. Next week at the moment, we have two. Normally, I would have taken one from this week and moved it to next week and balanced it three and three just to to keep it that way for you. Scheduling-wise, in terms of what the sponsors were expecting and needed, that wasn't uh, an option for me this week. So we had four, which is fine. Again, that's the limit. But uh, I just wanted to thank you for your patience with that. Uh, Hopefully, the messages are delivered in such a way that you find some value out of them. Uh, It is, as I always say it, it's up to us to get you to look uh, and be interested in the sponsor's product. It's up to them to sell it to you. We do not get the commission on the sales of the products. They pay us a flat rate and we just, uh, we tell you about what, uh, what we can with their stuff. We would love it if you visited our sponsors to learn more about it, Uh, whether or not you buy that's, you know, between you and them, frankly, uh, and whatever works for you, but uh dot slash sponsors is where you can always see. Uh, so if you've got some time and you want to, you know, see some, there's always we try to make sure there's good deals and stuff. But uh, but it really does help us out if you go and visit them. So uh, so there you go. That's that's that. I just wanted to make sure everybody had heard that. And then I do want to take that minute that I always take and thank everybody. Who sent in premium contributions this week We had uh, a bunch of renewals In fact, we had some of you who uh, Had to convert over from the old Credit card system to the new one Thank you, thank you for doing that I know it's a a little bit of a pain I know it's not too bad, but it's not easy It's not just automatic is what it is And I appreciate it So on the monthly $10 plan We have uh, Jim E, Greg S, Elizabeth K, Ward J, Chris F, Petter H, bob p jason a michael l and david b and then on the uh, biannual 25 dollar plan we have james b jeff k and putch thanks so much to all of you really uh it means a lot i think we told you how to contact us you can find us facebook if you uh if you want to join the mac Geekup group there that's mac slash facebook we'll get you there I want to thank Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Um, Don't forget, Dave. What won't I forget? 224 888 Geek, which is 4335. That's right, man. Yep. Uh, of course, I do want to thank our sponsors for this episode one more time, which is Casper.com slash MGG, Harry's.com slash MGG plex.tv slash macgeek and textexpander.com slash podcast. Of course, our ongoing sponsors include them and Otherworld Computing at macsales.com and Barebones Software, all through the Backbeat Media Podcast Network.
2: Pete! Hey, yeah, I got something I wanted to tell you guys. I'm going to be gone this week, but uh, while I'm out, uh, I wanted to tell you to be careful and uh, don't get caught.